Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! You are great. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast. Uh, I am your host, John Reed, and we are coming at you again one more time with a movie from 1988. Uh, We're kind of nearing the end of our 1988 journey here. We're down to our last couple of months or so, Um, finishing out the month of September here pretty soon, and then on into October with our uh, horror movies or scary movies for the month of October, and then we'll swing on into November and December, and then that's it for 88. And so we are already starting to look ahead to 89. I'm going to be sharing out uh, maybe a Google form or something like that pretty soon that we will share out with the people and uh, so that we can hear what you would be interested in seeing. We've all kind of already started going through the list. It's about a hundred plus movies from 89. Uh, we may also do a review of some movies that we missed from the early eighties. Cause when we started this podcast, we started with 84, 85. So we've got a few movies that we might've missed. So we'll throw uh, any suggestions you've got, uh, we'll throw them in there and we'll start to get some of that feedback from you soon so we can start kind of planning things out for next year. But anyway, uh, so yes, we are a 30-something movie podcast. If this is the first time you're listening, you've already kind of heard me give you the uh, spiel as to what our podcast is about. We were a bunch of guys that work at the same school, we're all teachers, and we were sitting around and just, we, we talk movies anyway. We'd pass each other in the hallway and ask each other if we'd seen a certain movie or we'd, you know talking movie quotes to each other. And and so uh, getting together, we decided that we really all liked movies and like talking about it. So why not do a podcast? Because everybody's got a podcast. So we started this podcast in um, 2015, and we were doing movies from 84, 85. And from there, we kind of kept going with the 30-year uh, trend. So we um, in 2016, we did movies from 86. Last year, it was movies from 87. This year, movies from 88. And then next year will be 89 to finish off the the decade of the 80s. And then we will move on in to the 90s from there. So that's the gist behind our podcast. So if you are an 80s movie fan, then you have found a good place to be because that's what we're going to be talking about. We do occasionally talk about new movies sometimes, especially if they relate to some of the nerdy, geeky things that we enjoy. So we will talk here in just a minute about a couple of uh, new movie announcements that came out within the last uh, maybe a couple of days or so. But um, otherwise, we do spoil the movies that we talk about. So um, tonight we are talking Stand and Deliver. Uh, Well, it's tonight for us, but it may be a different time for you. But we are talking Stand and Deliver. This is episode number 206 for us. Stand and Deliver, starring Edward James Olmos. And so if you have not seen this movie, if you don't want to be spoiled and watch the movie first and then come on back and listen to this when you are completely done watching it so that we do not spoil anything for you. If you don't care about being spoiled, stick around. We'll talk about the movie. Hopefully we'll all have a good time. So, um, yeah. So the other thing, too, if you have been listening to us for a while, if you're enjoying the show, please go on to iTunes and leave us a review. Um, that's usually kind of the one place that 
helps us get the most recognition is uh, reviews on iTunes. But if you use a different uh, podcast listening app or a podcatcher, sometimes they call them, uh, please feel free to leave us a review there too. Anytime a review is left for us, uh, we see that. And uh, hopefully that's something that then gets the word out to other people. So if there's other people that enjoy uh, 80s movies or movies from 88 right now, then they'll be able to find our podcast and listen as well. One of the things, like I said earlier, you know, everybody's, a lot of people have podcasts. So what's different about our podcast? Hopefully one of the things that we do a little bit differently is we try to be positive. You know, even if there's something we didn't like about a movie, we try to be positive about it. You know, we try to not just completely dump on something, you know, just because it wasn't our style. So I think compared with some other podcasts I've listened to, and that, that doesn't make them bad podcasts at all, but if you just want a slightly different flavor um, with some guys who are going to be a little bit more, maybe upbeat about things or, or maybe a little bit more positive about things and not just completely trash something, then um, this is a good place to be because we try to be as positive as we can because life is too short and we love movies. So um, yeah, so I think that's pretty much it for my, uh, opening spiel. So, uh, do I have a Pat Canigallo in the house? Pat Canigallo is back in the house. Oh, Pat Canigallo back in the house. How are the kids doing? Kids are, the kids are all good, man. The kids are all good. We, we, we are good. Okay. We're all fine here. We're all fine here now. How are you? Um, very, very quickly before we get going, there's been kind of a running gag for a very long time on our podcast that, uh, we, we made a comment it's probably been a couple of years ago now that uh, we made the comment that I think it was Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Let's see the first oh. one. We, we said that Val Kilmer, uh, we made a comment. We said, you know, Val's probably listening to us right now. Um, and, and he might be out while he may be listening to us while he mows his lawn. And yeah, so then like, yeah, but I don't know what people, well, he's probably just out there like mowing his lawn or something. Yeah. Well, right. And I, I mean, I listen to podcasts when I mow the lawn sometimes. So, you know, that was kind of a running gag that people listen to our podcast when they, when they mow the lawn. So we'd make that comment for other celebrity type people and, you know, just tell them and tell them, you know, keep, be careful mowing the lawn, you know, don't run over your own foot, things like that. We'd, we'd keep the gag running. But what we found out was that's, that's pretty much true to life that people listen to our podcast while mowing the lawn. Pat, do you, do you have a story about that? I do actually. I was uh, I was listening to the um, uh, I was listening to the uh, the one with um, uh, the okay. I'm totally drawing the blank, <laughs> and I can't remember the movie now. But the the Winnie the Pooh was it the Christopher Robin one. Christopher Robin. Yeah, I think I th- I think I described that when I was trying to tell you the story originally. I think I said what was that movie with Obi Wan Kenobi and the bear or whatever it was. But uh, yeah, so the Christopher Robin movie. And I was listening to that, and I think that that came up about Val Kilmer mowing his lawn and whatever. And I was like mowing the lawn, and all of a sudden it occurred to me, like I was laughing at that gag, and then it occurred to me that I was doing it while I was mowing my lawn. And I was like, oh, shoot. And then it occurred to me that I've listened to most of our podcasts during the summer. I listen to while I'm mowing, <laughs> mowing the lawn. And there you go. Yeah, that the gag, it, 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 it's true, John, because I swear I've listened to at least seven or eight of our podcasts while mowing the lawn or, you know, mm-hmm. weeding the lawn or doing whatever the heck it is. So, yeah, yeah, that's true to so, life. That so basically, basically, you're just one more of our celebrities. I don't, I, I'd be careful how you use that word. I don't know if I'm <laughs> quite there yet, but, but uh, I, I'm just the guy that mows his lawn. Well, there you go. There you go. That's fine. 
All right. Well, I, it's, I think it's just going to be me and Pat tonight. So the rest of the guys were not able to make it this evening. Um, as I mentioned earlier, usually it's a, it's a group of us. Uh, we are, we work mostly in the same school together. We're a bunch of teachers. And, uh, so sometimes we have anywhere as many as well, when we're all together, what are we like five? I think five people. I think we're five strong. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're five strong. Um, some stronger than others, but you know, um, but uh, yeah, so it's going to be Pat and I tonight, and uh, we are going to be talking Stand and Deliver. But before we do that, we got a little bit of new movie news to get through, and we're going to do that um, real fast, kind of a lightning round, maybe. Mm -hmm. We'll do a bit of a lightning round. Um, these are just, I mean, we're not going to go into huge detail about these, but these are just some things that have come up in the last couple of days or so. Um, so real quick, Pat, I just shared a picture with you. Picture has been shared, John. Uh, picture has been shared. Are you seeing the picture on your screen right now that I'm sharing this with you? I am seeing the picture of this. Yeah. Okay. So the um, this picture was released. Uh, let's see. I think it was released just within the last day or so. And this is the first picture that's been released related to the new um, uh, Joker movie. So they are doing a movie about the origin of the Joker. And my understanding is it is not going to be tied to any of the DC movies that have been made so far. So this is not meant to be Heath Ledger's Joker. This is not meant to be tied into the Suicide Squad universe, the okay. DC stuff, you know, up to this point. Not meant to be that. So this is just meant to be a movie on how the Joker became the Joker. So, All right. so a picture has been released and it is a picture of Joaquin Phoenix. Um, as the character of, let's see, I believe his first name is Arthur. Um, I believe the character's name is going to be Arthur Fleck. Okay. I think is his name, if I remember that right. Um, yeah, so this uh, the director, Todd Phillips, he put this out on, I believe, Instagram. And uh, the character's name is supposed to be Arthur Fleck. And he is, just kind of the basics of it is, is he's kind of a either washed up or failed comedian and eventually he will become the Joker. And this is the movie that explains how that happens. So you've seen the picture, Pat, how do you feel about the whole idea of this movie and the picture you just saw? Well, I, the first time I saw the when I first saw the picture, it was like, Oh, wow. Jacques and, or Joaquin Phoenix is, uh, uh, I think it's also Jacques and Joaquin Phoenix yeah. is, uh, he's older than I remember. Then I was like, I think the last time I really saw him do anything was, maybe gladiator or something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, no, that's not true. I've seen other things. There was other so that he was in the Johnny Cash movie. Yeah. I was going to say walk the line. Yeah. Uh, Ladder 93. And then Stein. Yeah. he was in all of those. And I yeah. liked all those roles. So the gladiator thing, that's not quite true. Anyways, my point is, is I saw it and I was like, Oh, well, that's interesting. And then it hit me that it's like, Oh, I bet you. And I, I kind of piece what you said together. I'm like, if they do an origin story, I bet this is supposed to be kind of the down on his luck guy that, um, well, and we kind of discussed it in that, uh, you know, when we did the Batman comics, the, it wasn't year one. It was death in the family and mm -hmm. the killing joke, the killing joke. And I think yeah. in the killing joke, they kind of show it. So yeah, just by the look of it, I think he could, you know, I think that could be a cool, I think that could be a cool uh, look for the origin of the Joker. Yeah. When this initially came out, I, I commented on Twitter and I said, you know what? I'm, this is not a movie ever since hearing about this movie. And I think originally they, they had talked about Martin Scorsese directing it. Um, 
But ever since they kind of announced that this movie was possibly happening, I can't say that I'm like crazy excited about it. This is not one of those movies where I went nuts and I was like, oh, the trailer's coming out and it's going to be amazing. And it's, I, I was just kind of like, eh, okay. Um, and, you know, seeing this picture come out, same thing. It, it's not, it doesn't whip me into a nerd frenzy. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not hating on it. So I'm, I'm kind of seeing people online run the gamut from, oh, this is amazing. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. It'll be the best DC movie ever. It's going to blow all the Marvel movies out of the water to people being like, nope, nope, never. No, thank you. It's yeah. going to be dumb. Um, and I'm just kind of, I'm kind of in, in the middle of all that. Like, I, I'll be curious to see where it goes. I don't, you know, this is not one of those movies that if you sat me down and you said, hey, you get to decide the next five DC movies. What are they going to be about? Right. Origin of the Joker would not be one that I would have picked. Right, right, yeah. So, and I think, I mean, it's just from his look and kind of the general vibe of, of what this movie sounds like it's going to be is it does sound like it may be running kind of similar to that joke, which I don't know, as long as you take that story, as long as I take that story as this is just one person's interpretation, then I'm okay with it. I don't really want to know who the Joker is. I don't want to know how he got to be who he is. I want that to be mysterious. That was one of the things I liked about the Heath Ledger Joker character was every time he asked somebody, you want to know how I got these scars? It was always a completely different story. Yeah. And I liked that about that because I don't even know if he knows how he got those scars. It's at some point and just like, well, maybe he doesn't even remember because you know, he's got all these different stories for it and, and they're all completely different from each other. And um, yeah. Yeah. so I, I think that's, that's more kind of my speed on things. So I'm, I'm not down on this movie, but I'm also not, it's not one of those that I'm like, Oh, I got to, you know, my butt's going to be in the seat the day this movie comes out. I I'm just not there. Maybe if I see something, maybe when a trailer comes out, maybe when we see a little bit more, might be a little bit more excited about it. But as it stands right now, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It, no. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they come up with. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that was the Joker. Uh, next up on my list of new movie news, uh, lightning round things. I just was going to mention this one because I don't, I don't care what anybody says. I like the original movie. I've read the comics. I like the comics. Um, there was a new thing out about how they're still working on trying to make a new Red Sonia movie. Okay. I know Jeff's favorite movie ever, but uh, so supposedly the X Men and Superman Returns director Brian Singer may possibly direct the Red Sonia movie. So that was the news that came out within the next, within the last day or so. Um, so I don't really have anything else beyond that, just to say that was news that was released, but I liked it. And I, I like the comic books too. So I, I've always kind of, you know, since being a kid, I've always been a fan of the Red Sonia movie, the Conan movies, um, you know, Beastmaster, a lot of that different stuff. And uh, Crawl, you know, some of those, the, the like sword and sorcery kind of movies. We did several of those, I think, uh, a couple of years ago on the podcast. And um, I always liked those as a kid. So anytime one of these movies wants to come back, you know, I've, I've read the Red Sonja comics and, and like those. And so I'm, I'm on board. I'll see it. And then the last thing I got was kind of the biggest thing that came out today. And I think a lot of people thought this was happening today. 
Um, and then I think I was just in so many meetings this morning that I was not even plugged into anything. And all of a sudden I'm getting a, a text message from Jeff, one of our other hosts, uh, text message, you know, thinking all capital letters, guys, Captain Marvel trailer, go watch it now. invasion, big car chase, truth be told, I was ready to hang it up till I met you today. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. I keep having these memories. I see flashes. I think I had a life here, but I can't tell if it's real. We have no idea what threats are out there. We can't do this alone. We need you. I'm not what you think I am. Captain Marvel trailer came out today, uh, as of the, the time of this recording came out. And um, did you get a chance to see it yet? I did. I watched it. Uh, I had a couple minutes uh, between between classes, and so I, I uh, fired it up pretty quick. So, yeah, yeah. I got a chance to watch it. What did you think? I, well, it looks cool. I mean, it's like, I don't think there's really anything Marvel has shown us that, like, doesn't look cool. Um, I, I, You know, we, we kind of made the warning for spoilers. Yeah. So, I don't know if you can spoil a, a, a trailer. But, uh, yeah, the one thing I'm left with is, is this sort of like a she's from an alternative dimension, kind of like the multiverse thing that you hear about in the in the DC world where like Supergirl will visit flash, but when she does, she's coming from a different, you know, universe because they seem to explore that kind of angle. So that, that's the only piece that I'm kind of like, huh, I wonder how they're going to write that in. But uh, other than that, man, loving it. Yeah. I, you know, I never, um, I never really read the Captain Marvel comics. I, okay. I was always more of a DC guy than a Marvel fan. Um, so I, I don't know a huge amount of the backstory of the character. My guess is, I, I think the way it all kind of worked out was that um, she was born on Earth. Okay. And that somehow at some point in time, um, I don't know if, if she ended up in space. I, see, I always thought that there was some kind of... a Oh, um, like some kind of an accident 
you know, most of the Marvel characters, if they don't start with powers, they get their powers through some kind of an accident. I always thought that there was some kind of an accident where she was, um, you know, somehow teamed up with somebody who was a, um, either like a, a superhero or an alien or something like that. This, this movie is going to introduce, you kind of saw him, I think in one of the scenes, these kind of, uh, alien characters, they're called the Cree. And the Kree show up a lot in some of the Marvel comics. And I think that one of the kind of origin stories of it was that her DNA or, or something got kind of mixed with uh, this one alien um, in some kind of an explosion or an accident or something. And um, that's how she ended up getting her powers. I, I don't know if the movie's going to follow that same thing. Um, my understanding is, is that she's supposed to be like, crazy, crazy powerful. So spoiler alert for infinity war, if you haven't seen that yet, but at the end of infinity war, you do see, um, that just before, uh, Nick Fury disappears, he's got that pager and he, you know, hits the button real quick and you see captain Marvel's, uh, logo, the symbol show up on the pager just before the movie ends. So my guess is, that we're going to get her backstory in this movie, and then we're going to jump forward the next time we have uh, the next Infinity, no, next Infinity War, next Avengers movie, that she's going to be a part of fixing some of the stuff that happened in Infinity War. But I don't know that I could necessarily tell you what her powers are or any of that stuff, um, because I really have not read a lot of the Captain Marvel comics, so... I'm kind of in the dark when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely at a loss with that. Other than it, it looks like an intriguing character. It, I mean, it should be fun. It should. Yeah. Be fun. Well, and that's and that was kind of my reaction to the trailer too. Was I was like, you know what, that's cool. You know, and and now I'll, I'll go see that movie. Like, I, it looks like looks like a fun movie. It looks to me kind of like a um, you know, and and not just necessarily saying this because it's another woman, uh, like centric movie female superhero character. Um, but it had, it very much had the kind of wonder woman vibe to it. I think it's like the first time you saw the wonder woman trailer, but I think maybe because I'm more of a DC fan, I think I was more excited for wonder woman than I am for this movie. Cause I just, I really just don't know this character as well as I know wonder woman. Right. So, so it looks cool. I'll be there to see it. I'll be curious to see how this ties in. Now, supposedly this movie is going to take place in the nineties. Okay. So I'll be curious to see how, if stuff's going to happen on earth, you know, how do they cover up the fact that there are superheroes in the nineties and then we're not supposed to see any other superheroes until about 2008, I think is when the first Iron Man came out. So I'd be curious to see how they, how they end up doing that. Cause I know they've got some of the other like Ant-Man, you know, jumped back in time a little bit and mm -hmm. some of the others have kind of jumped around. So um, this one I think is supposed to take place in the nineties is what I remember hearing. All right. Noble decade. Yeah. You, you got the shot of the blockbuster video in that, that uh, opening scene. That was awesome. So way to, way to establish the time period without really giving like, without having the words, you know, 1990, whatever on the screen. I, I was going to say, you know, yeah. 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 It was, it was a blockbuster and it still looked like it was in business. So it's definitely the nineties. It, exactly, and it, that that of, of every of all the visuals in that that one definitely pulled at the heartstrings. I was like, "Oh wow, blockbuster, cool!" Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that's all I got for new movie stuff. So, yeah. So this episode, we are talking the 1988 movie Stand and Deliver. It came out on the 11th of March, 1988. It was rated PG with a runtime of one hour and 43 minutes. Directed by Ramon Menendez, who also did Tales from the Crypt and Money for Nothing. Produced by Tom Muska, who did Money for Nothing. Writers were Ramon Menendez, who did Tortilla Soup and Money for Nothing. Tom Muska, who did Money for Nothing and Tortilla Soup. Uh, cinematography done by Tom Richmond, who did Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Music by Craig Safin, who did The Last Starfighter and Cheers. Hey. Budget for this one was $1.6 The box office was $13.9 million. Uh, Edward James almost played Jaime Escalante. He was in Blade Runner, uh, the newer Battlestar Galactica, and Selena. Estelle Harris played Estelle the Secretary. She was in the Toy Story movies and Seinfeld. Uh, Mark Phelan played the cop in The Office. He was in Sea of Love and Another 48 Hours. Virginia Paris, who died in 2008, played Raquel Ortega. She was in Quantum Leap and The Greatest American Hero. Mark Elliott played Armando Tito Quintana. He was in a movie called Sinner's Prayer. Uh, Adelaida Alvarez played her... This I, I kid you not, this is her only credit from her only movie. She played Sexy Girl. What? So if, you, if you're going to go home and tell Mom, Mom, I was in a movie, my character's name was Sexy Girl. Well, there you go. Hey, everybody's so, got to start somewhere. There you go. Uh, Will Gautier played Pancho. He was in a movie called Dolly Dearest. Patrick Baca played Javier Perales. He was in Halloween Resurrection. Ingrid Oliu played uh, Lupe. She was in Flatliners. Carmen Argenzia Argenziano uh, played Principal Molina. He was in The Godfather Part Two. Richard Martinez played Heavy Metal Boy. Uh, he had no other credits. Mark Everett, who died in 20, uh, 2008, also played Heavy Metal Boy. He was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Tide Kearney played Joe Goodell. He was the neighbor of Jaime. He was in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Rosanna DeSoto played Fabiola Escalante, Jaime's wife. She was in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. And Bodie Olmos played Fernando Escalante, his youngest son, and he was also in the newer Battlestar Galactica. Uh, Stand and Deliver got a, if we look on Flick Metrics, that's been the one that we've been kind of using for uh, ratings here lately. Um, they show Rotten Tomatoes, critics give it a 73%, audience gives it a 79%, IMDb gives it a 73%, and Letterboxd gives it a 67%. If you average all those together, this movie gets a 73%. So, uh, it was nominated for Best Asker... Best Asker. That's I, the I think best. It should be a new award. The best Asker. It's a new award. I, I mean, here I hear they're doing new awards now. So, uh, you know, it's a popular movie. So the best Asker is uh, like you're mixing actor and Oscar together, so you don't have to say as many words. It's like Newspeak in 1984. Yes. If you read that book. Yes. Yes, I remember that book. Yeah. In fact, little tangent from the movie here. Um, every once in a while in the world they come up with abbreviations for things that I think are kind of stupid. Okay. And as an English language arts teacher, I enjoy language and I enjoyed the diversity of language and the breadth of language. And you know, the fact that English is a silly language and we have a crazy amount of words that kind of all mean the same thing. Yes. But then you have people that kind of come up with these really, really dumb abbreviations. Okay. I'm not really a fan of the abbreviation rom-com for like romantic comedy. Yes. Not a fan. I don't really like it. I know I've used it before, but not a fan of it. But I found a new one that I really don't like. Uh-oh. It is the week of homecoming in the town that I live in. Okay. 
And I have discovered through seeing posts of former students on Facebook and being here, we were walking through uh, uh, the downtown area the other day in the town that we live in. And, uh, you know, of course, they've got all the, the businesses have all their windows painted for homecoming and all that. Um, apparently, the new abbreviation for homecoming is HOCO. It's H-O-C-O. Oh. So you could ask someone to HOCO. Yeah. As somebody who works in a high school. Oh, there's I a. To, I have to agree. There's a bow with a HOCO. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's there a painful is. situation. So, yeah, I hadn't heard that one before. That was kind of a new one. And this week I saw it like five different times. Yeah, it's been a couple of years now. It's the whole shortening of the world. Yeah. I'm not a fan. No. I okay. have voiced my displeasure with it to several folks as well. Okay, good. I just want to make sure I wasn't being like the crotchety old man. Well, you are, but so okay. am I, so it's okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Wow. It's I, right up there with Obvi, which I can't get behind either, so. What is oh, okay. Obvi? Oh, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, guys, hold on. Is this like the time that I asked, wait a minute, what's Facebook? Is, is yes, that actually, that is okay. right in line. Yes, sir. The, okay. same, the same day we taught Facebook, we taught Obvi, so you're good. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yes, I'm not sure that I know the obvious one. Is it obvious? Yeah, huh. yeah. It's and again, I I work in a high school, so that's the disclaimer here. Yeah, I get to hear all of the slang as it's written, hmm. really. And it, uh, it not even an English teacher, and it offends my sensibilities. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know Sorry, what? I'm the late, more... gentlemen. My other pod, my other meeting ran long. So your other podcast ran long? Are you cheating no, on us with another podcast? No, it wasn't a podcast. It was mm-hmm. just a conference call, and yeah. Oh, okay, uh, that's all right. But it just, was also a hangout, so it felt very similar. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, just to tidy up the whole Obvi Hoko thing, I think I'm going to go back and find the 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 hipsters dictionary from the 30s that a bunch of the jazz guys put together. There you go. And I'm just bringing that back. Amen. Do it. I, I think it's time. I'm 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 going to fully commit to the 19th or the uh, 20th century to the 1900s. And uh, yeah, yeah. I after hearing about Poco and Avi and all that kind of stuff, I I'm 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 planting my my flag in the ground, and I'm I'm going back to the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, that's that's all I preach. That was my that was my little uh, English language uh, tangent on on what would, had been bothering me the last couple of days since I saw that. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, okay. Back to stand and deliver. Um, if I can now say the word correctly, it was nominated for a Best Actor Oscar, uh, Edward James Olmos, uh, which I believe was his only ever Oscar nomination. And then it was also nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor Edward James Edward James Olmos and Best Supporting Actor Lou Diamond Phillips. Um, and just quick little summary here from the flick metrics website, uh, the story of Jaime Escalante, a high school teacher who successfully inspired his dropout prone students to learn calculus. So here is the trailer and we'll be back in just a moment. Stay awake as you're waking up. Wake up this morning, how are you? Bring toothpicks. You pinch open your eyes. Can we talk about sex? We discuss sex, I have to give sexual homework. I wouldn't do that if I was you. I lose a finger, I won't be able to count to ten. At a tough school, 
Someone had to take a stand, and someone did. Now the critics stand up and cheer for Stand and Deliver. Terrific, tremendous, gripping and compelling, more exciting than La Bamba. Almost gives a wonderful performance, declares Jack Crow, Newsweek. Enormously inspiring and very rewarding. Almost gives the first great performance of the year. Jeffrey Lyons, sneak previews. And Pat Collins, WWOR-TV says, stand up and cheer for a movie with art. It's the Rocky of the classroom. Edward James Olmos. Let hit. Lou Diamond Phillips. Stand and deliver. All right, well, the background on this one that I've got is I've only got a couple of things, and then we can just jump right into talking about the movie. Uh, Edward James almost remained close friends with Jaime Escalante. I guess they worked pretty closely when the movie was being made um, because he wanted to try to get as close to as close to the actual person as possible. So um, apparently he helped him kind of rewrite or, or ad-lib some of the dialogue, uh, and Jaime would tell him things that, you know, this is exactly how this happens. So this is exactly what I said and, and all that stuff. Um, so I guess they were, they were close friends until he died in 2010. Uh, and it says here almost even led a campaign to help pay for Escalante's medical bills, a campaign, which included cast members from the film and former students of Jaime Escalante as well. Uh, and then the, the last little thing I have here is Jaime Escalante was very impressed by the movie and he said, quote, that it was 90% truth, 10% drama. So, so that's the background stuff that I've got for Stand and Deliver. Uh, so let's start with our usual question. Is this the first time you've seen this one? Uh, Bo, is this the first time you've seen this one? Definitely not. Uh, okay. um, again, back to working in a high school. For the longest time, there was a day that all of our math teachers, for whatever reason, were at the same conference. And so... They would hire a couple subs and usher everybody into the auditorium, and we would show this movie for a couple days. I have seen it many, many times. There you go. There you go. I saw it actually first in high school, and I believe my math teacher, I think, showed it to us. Maybe when we finished finals or maybe when we finished the AP test or whatever, but I remember seeing it in high school. That was the only other time I'd seen it. And then um, this was the second time that actually sitting down and watching it. I might have caught like, oh, it's on TV or people referencing Stand in the Liver. Excuse me, Stand in the Liver was, oh, I remember. That was the math movie. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I think, I think I first saw it as a high school math movie. Okay. Well, I, I was always, I, I was an English teacher. And so I always saw Dead Poet Society, um, which is basically the English teacher's version of this movie. And I don't know that I ever saw this movie up until, or at least all the way through, um, up until watching it just within the last few days. Um, my, my wife has seen this many times. In fact, she, you know, she knew much more about this movie than I did going into it. And, um, so yeah, I, I don't know that I had ever actually sat down and watched the entire thing from beginning to end. I knew several of the different clips um, in my head. Funny thing was, in my head, I was getting some of this mixed up with Summer School, mm -hmm. which is a very different movie. Um, but it same kind of idea, I guess. Uh, but obviously, this one a much better movie than Summer School. So no, so this is kind of I, I guess I would kind of count this as my first time I had seen this one because I had not actually seen it 
all the way through. All right. Well, cool. So enjoy it. Yeah, no, I, I, I liked it. So I, that was kind of my, my initial take on it without diving too deeply into the movie was um, I liked it. You know, it, it's kind of, it fits within that same realm of movie as a Dead Poet Society, um, you know, the, the comedy route, going the comedy route a little bit more of like a summer school or something like that. But, um, you know, fitting in with like, um, oh, Dangerous Minds and... Uh, the Freedom Writers, and any of these times that any of these times you see these movies that like these are the movies that are going to inspire people to go be teachers. Um, you know, this fits right in there with the rest of all those movies. And I don't know, you know, not not that I'm asking us to rank this movie compared to those others. I still think, you know, especially because I I, I was and still consider myself an English teacher. Um, Dead Poet Society, and especially with Robin Williams, that's always going to be kind of top spot for me. Um, but this one, I think, is a very close second, probably, when I take into consideration all those type of movies where it's the, the teacher inspiring the students to, you know, go beyond their comfort zone or to do the impossible or something like that. Um, I think this one probably a, a very close second, even though I don't understand any of the math that is talked about in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, calculus was sort of where I lost it math-wise in high school. So once they started really talking math, it was a problem. I don't think I ever even took calculus. Oh, I I tried. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I, I had some bad experiences with math teachers. I had a bad experience with a math teacher junior year of high school. And then after that, I just really didn't care so much anymore. So oh, I, yeah, I think I, I think... I think I took the easy path at the end of high school and then took the bare minimum of math I could take in college. Good move. Yeah. Yeah. Math major. I was not. Let's just make that yeah. clear. Yeah. Math, math was never my deal. And I, I, man, I got some stories for math and I, I think I just, I think I just never had the teacher that gelled with me the right way because for like, like, the junior high into high school thing, I just struggled mightily. And then finally, my senior year, I had a teacher that her style really matched with the way I needed to learn. And I mean, it, it worked. But the problem was, there's just this gap from like seventh grade till my senior year in high school, where I don't remember anything because all I did was just live a life of confusion. And then by the time I was a senior, it was like, okay, I got through the class, but I just it was kind of like the bridge to nowhere. It's like, I don't know how I got here and I don't know where I'm going, but you know what I'm saying? So I don't re recall any of it, but I guess I'll get to live it through Dominic and Daniela and that'll be exciting. Well, yeah, that's, that's always fun when the, when the kids have math homework and they are at a much younger grade level than I currently am. And I look at the math homework and I go, okay, well, it's been a while. So give daddy a minute and, and let daddy Google some things. I was going to say, and dad goes to Google, because at that point... Right. Well, and I, and I felt bad, because I'm like, there are certain things that are just basics that you should absolutely remember. Um, and I, there was, in particular tonight, it was... Uh, oh, what did he say? Oh, he, he was like, yeah, for this one, I have to calculate the area of a triangle. And I am sitting there blanking out. I'm like, that is super easy. And I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Was that the one that's the a squared plus b squared equals it?" No, that's not that one. That's oh, uh, which one is it? So again, to reiterate, math teacher, I am not. 
Um, but that's why Google exists so that it can help my brain mm, remember the things. Sure, you are not. Thank, thank you, Master Yoda. Um, but yeah, so no, I I really enjoyed this movie. Um, you know, I like all the interactions with the students, um, and I liked how I was a little bit worried at the beginning of the movie when you had the um, you know kind of the the gangbangers come in and and um, you know they were starting to cause some trouble, and I was a little bit worried if if, if this was going to turn into a you know maybe a, a very I don't know what word I'm looking for. Heavy handed is not what I'm looking for, but I was worried it was going to be a little bit too much of, you know, the gang stuff is going to interfere in his class. I just wanted to see the teacher try to help the kids overcome, you know, their personal struggles and all that stuff. And I didn't really want any of that gang stuff to get brought into it all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully it didn't, you know, you only had a couple times where you had people, um, you know, trashing the school at one point and they chased them out of the, off the school grounds. Right. Um, and you just, it was kind of always in the background. It was, you know, the, the one character, he didn't want to seem too smart because if he seemed too smart, then, you know, as a angel, if he seemed too smart, then the other guys would pick on him. And, um, so I, I like the fact that all that stuff was just kind of simmering in the background, but it never really, never really came up to the front. And that's, I didn't want that for this movie. The way the movie started off, I was just kind of happy and comfortable where it was. And you knew it was a fact of, of the world in this movie, but it just didn't, it didn't come to the forefront and I was totally fine with that. Yeah. It really focused on his relationship with those kids. And I thought that in watching it the second time, now as an adult, not as a, you know, a a high school person. uh, But it, uh, I I really thought the focus on, on his relationship and with the kids and uh, I thought was really neat. And it's like, just nothing phased him. You know, he really could communicate and work with those students. You know, whether it was time to tease them or whether it was time to empathize with them or what he, he was just he was able to relate to his students. I thought. Yeah, do you, there were a couple of times. Do you feel like he teased the students too much? There were a couple of times in the movie where I was like, whoa, there, maybe <laughs> maybe back off just a little bit. And I don't know if that's from. You know, I, Bo, you work in a high school, but I, we work in a middle school. And I don't know if I was watching some of that and being like, okay, you know what? You can tease a little bit, but you got to be kind of careful because some kids are kind of sensitive. I don't know if that's more of a me having been a, a middle school teacher and thinking, okay, well, middle school kids can only take a certain level of teasing. Um, I think it's a little of that, but I think a lot of it is um, time and location. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll find that back in the day, if you will, um, maybe there was a little more sarcasm and I don't want to say bullying, but, you know, more of a cavalier attitude towards that sort of thing. I also think possibly, you know, being in, how did they characterize it? The barrio? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, might have a little to do with it too. I think um, location and time played into a lot of that. John, if you don't mind me asking, like, which parts did you recall offhand? Like, which parts uh, got you? You know, it, it just the times where he's doing the, you know, where he's he's kind of teasing the kids in between working on the math problems with them, and he's just kind of joking around with them. And there were just a couple of times where. 
you know, if a kid would, and you knew that for the most part he was teasing, but there were just times where I almost felt like, yikes, that's, you might be taking that teasing just a little bit too far. Um, you know, just in some of the ways, like when the, when some of the kids would show up late or, you know, some of the kids would have an excuse for doing this or, you know, and, and yeah, I used to do the same thing. Like if a kid showed up late to my class or, you know, if they, if they did something that was kind of dumb or, or whatever it might be, you know, I would tease them about it, but the, I just felt like, and I don't know if I can pick out any one in particular after having only seen the movie really once. Um, but there were just a couple of times where it felt like, I mean, it felt a little bit like he moved from teasing into bullying. Okay. And I, that one scene in particular where the one girl actually left the classroom, she's like, nope, I'm out. And she left and he kind of ran after her. That was one of the times where I was like, see, you finally, you finally pushed one of them too far. And then they're going to leave your room and, and you're going to have to chase after them. And so I think, I think there were just a few times, maybe, I don't know if it maybe as a, maybe as a teacher and maybe as a teacher of younger kids, maybe I saw a few of those instances where I was like, oh yeah, I would totally, I used to do that. I mean, I used to banter back and forth with the kids and, you know, sometimes I'd have nicknames for the kids and, and we'd tease, but I think especially at the junior high middle school level that, that Pat, you and I teach at, you can only take some of that teasing so far because they're still at that age where, you know, they don't always get all the sarcasm and they don't always get all the teasing and, um, you know, they're, they're not quite, they're not quite there yet. So I think that's probably one of the only things that bothered me in the movie was, um, you know, just some of his interactions while I liked his interactions, there were just a few times I was like, Whoa, that might be, might be taking that a little bit too far there, buddy. Yeah, and I, I will be honest, I have noticed that sometimes, you know, when you do outreach things with the high school, I will notice things that, I, and I don't want to compare it, but I just will notice things that, yeah, you can be, not edgier, edgier is the wrong word, but since I don't have the right word, I've just noticed that sometimes, like, things will go a little bit, and I'll be kind of like, whoa, are we pushing this too much, or, you know what I'm saying? So... You know, I can see that, but then again, in the same token, I think I've seen elementary people will be talking to junior high kids or seeing that, and it'll always be, oh my gosh, you said that to the kids? Oh my gosh, how can mm-hmm. you play with So I, I think, too, that, um, I mean, I get what you're saying, but yeah, like there's times that, you know, where we're combined with the high school for band events, and sometimes the high school directors will put things in a certain way, and it's just like... Dang, so that's how you can talk to the kids. And, but it's not from a gotcha standpoint. It, it, right. It's more just like, that's how you relate to kids that age. So basically, basically what you're saying is at the junior high level, we can't give math word problems that deal with girlfriends and gigolos. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm thinking cholo, not a word you should probably use a lot of. No, probably not. Just saying. Right. Okay. You know what? I didn't even... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, be like, what what is what is cholo? Yeah, it's not so much a bad word as it's it's derogatory. Like, um, I'm trying to come up with the right way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, it's a lower class Mexican American gotcha. lineage person. According no. to according to the dictionary. Uh, it can mean a Latin American with Indian blood, 
it can mean a lower class Mexican, especially in an urban area. There we go. Or it can mean a teenage boy, especially in a Mexican American community, who is a member of a street gang. Okay, so it's it's so. where you go. And I could see the whole you know, of of when you mentioned of Indian blood because a little bit of studied about that. I know that, you know, it's always the you know, the, the folks with the the Indian blood descent, I don't know if that's the appropriate term or whatnot. That, that could be done by others don't. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But so I, you know, I that would be that would be it. that would be an interesting thing to see with the real Jaime Escalante and just see if is that just kind of how you spoke? Because if you didn't, then the kids aren't gonna take you seriously. You know, yeah. you're gonna seem like one of them. You're gonna seem like you know just another adult talking. At them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So it's just a matter of speaking their language, so to speak. And I don't yeah. mean just Spanish, but I mean, I mean just. You know, this is how they talk, and you either got to get with that. Or... Yeah. Do we? Uh, do you have a favorite scene in the movie? It's probably cheating, but that's the, the favorite scene where they cheated. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but the but it's the um the scene you gotta love the scene in the movie where they're reading off the test scores. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, other than that. Um, the one where Lou Diamond Phillips brings his abuelita over to uh, Jaime's yeah. house. Mm-hmm. He's like, the look he gives him, and then he says, something smells good. You bring her to my house at Christmas time? Yeah, something smells good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I, um, I, like, the, I like the whole the AP test guide, you know? Oh yeah. The Andy Garcia character. And well, yeah. And first of all, I just want to take a small tangent and say, Andy Garcia. And, and I mean, in my limited range of movies that I've seen, Andy Garcia can play the scene where people are like, not laughing at him, but laughing around him. And he wants to like, he finds it funny but can't laugh. Or and I've seen it in multiple movies, and it's just like, you know, the scene where the one guy they make the joke about, you know, I've got him, his body's decomposing in my locker or yeah. whatever, and then everyone's laughing and going crazy, and the other guys are throwing their hands up, and the principal's ticked and all that, and Andy Garcia just kind of looks away and has this wry look on his face, you know, like. Yeah, okay, kid, that's pretty funny. I can't laugh, but that's pretty funny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I think him, of like every actor I've seen, can pull that off. And I've seen it in like a multitude of movies. The most recent one, what was it? Was it one of the Oceans movies? But it, it hit me that it's like, man, every time, and it, it's that specific scene. It's like, you know, in football, when they call a play and they've got like some special trick play. So you bring this guy in because he can do that one thing really well. And I mean, that's not all Andy gets Garcia can do this really well, but it's that scene. It's just like, man, I, I wish I got to come up with a list, but it's like whenever I see him in that circumstance where everybody except for him is laughing about something and he wants to, his character 
kind of wants to find it funny but can't laugh or yeah. really annoyed but just god i gotta laugh about that he can just emote that so well um uh, well did we lose you He's hmm. fallen into the podcast monster trap. Oh, he got a he got a two on the AP test. Oh, at that point, why take it? No, well, that's true. Did you take any in high school? Actually, yeah, I and actually I did get a two. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I took the um, I took the was it the U.S. history. I took the U.S. history AP test, and I took the test even though I wasn't in any AP classes. Oh, interesting. And so I think part of the struggle was I, I hadn't gotten into any, I didn't choose to be in any of the AP classes. Um, and, but I still wanted to take the test cause I still wanted to try to get the college credit for it. Right. And I, you know, I studied for it and, and all that, but um, it, there was a, a big portion of the test was just on so much that we had not covered in the regular. Yeah. I was in you, I was in us history honors, but um, it just, we did not cover the material that was on a big portion of the test. A lot of it that was on the test, it seemed like it was the, um, like the 1960s and beyond. Yeah. There was a lot of Nixon. There was a lot of, uh, Vietnam and, and just, I don't, I don't really think that we had gotten to much of that in the regular, uh, U S history honors class. And so I did not do well. I got a, I took the test, but I got a two out of five on it. So I did not get my credit. Um, but did you take any? No, 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 I unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, um, I was a solid B student and I was pretty happy about it. Yeah. So I didn't really. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so it's interesting. You say that it was more current U S history that you didn't get to. Yeah. So I feel like that's an interesting, you know, it's more of a sidebar conversation than a conversation about the movie, but that's really interesting to me when you when you start to talk about how much can you cover in a year and how do you handle all mm -hmm. that. Like it seems like that's the stuff maybe we need to learn. Well, right, and that's interestingly enough, that was something that one of the teachers in our at our middle school was working with her uh, last year at the end of last year. And she was like, you know what? There's just so much. We just have to, we almost have to like just speed through things at the end of the year because we can never get up to current day. Like we have to right. we spend the entire year and we can maybe, if we really push it, we can get up to uh, Vietnam and every once in a while they can get up to like the early eighties. Um, but never really much beyond that. And the downside to that is, is we're starting to get to the point where, you know, when, when I was teaching, we still had kids who they, they knew what nine 11 was. And now that we've got kids that are born after that, um, right. You know, they don't, for them, that's ancient history. That was before they were born. So they don't know what that is. Um, so one of the things we actually tried to do, I was working with her and, and what we were trying to do was to, I had heard of this a few other times and I, I, you know, thought that would be an interesting way to, um, you know, even do my own classes back when I was, when I was teaching, uh, history was to teach the history backwards. Mm. And so start with present day and then start to go backwards through history to see, well, how did we get to the point that we're at now? Like, how did you get to these different things that are important to us today? What happened before now to cause this? And you kind of then move backwards through time 
to see what caused it. So that to me, I always thought that would be a good way to do it. But obviously when we were in high school, that's not how they taught it. So, right. But yeah. Uh, Pat, did we get you back? Yeah. I don't know what the heck happened there. I, uh, uh, I think when it started to phase out, we were talking favorite scenes. Did I get chopped off in the middle of that? We, uh, you were talking about your favorite scene. Um, okay. And then I don't remember what we were talking about after that, but then we, then well, we started then, to talk about yeah, AP tests. Gotcha. evolved into a conversation about AP tests, which. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it, it just, and I mean, edit this out if I'm repeating, but basically my favorite scene was when it showed the AP guys and they were just like the bad guys. You know, and they were suspect of everybody and everyone was all worried what the AP people thought. And there was one line where the guy said, look, you're not going to get in trouble. We're, we're not the police, even yeah. though it was almost postured like that. And it's always, you know, it's just kind of like now when you look at it, it's the standardized test people. And it's yeah, like, right. well, well, no, they're from a business that's done a really good sales job. And the power they have is the power we give them. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like, anyways, so that... Right. That part, just seeing it kind of and seeing it kind of come full circle in recent time, has just kind of cracked me up. So yeah. sorry about that. It took twenty minutes for me to get my favorite scene out. So no, no. Uh, did you ever take any AP tests? Oh, I took a few. Did you? Did you pass them? Uh, well, some uh, some of them, yeah. I um, okay. I like. Oh, check I out always... the big brain on Pat. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I always took. Um, uh, dude, there's no way this answer this question without me seeming pompous. I apologize, but okay, I, 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 we I was try always not to hold it against you. Don't worry. Uh, okay. I always was, um, into history and there was like, for the like vast majority of my life, I planned to go into history and, and, and major in history. And I just, that was the course that I was on. And when I got to high school, I could take you know, I was always into social studies in junior high. So when I got to high school, I was like, oh, wow, I can take like history courses. This is exciting. And um, I remember that as a, I, I, I took uh, AP Euro history and I, I started that and I, I really enjoyed it. And I loved the teachers that I had and everything. So I took a good, I started with AP Euro, but then I took like all the history and social science kind of classes. I, I took all those AP and that was like exactly where I needed to be. The ironic thing was that as, as much as I felt like I was like just pushing the limits in history was like the complete opposite was happening in math where I didn't take the AP classes or anything, but I just struggled mightily. And so, you know, it was like, I took AP classes I think I think my senior year I took an AP math class, but again I don't remember what I learned because of the gap, like the six year gap of just I don't know what the heck I'm learning before mm -hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but no, but I did a, I did a bunch of AP history class. Excuse me, history classes, and then I did one English one, but I'm such a terrible writer, and I think I've gotten better now. Largely because I just had everyone at the school kind of help proofread my papers and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, um, I avoided that one because one of the AP classes was more focused on literature and reading, which was right up my alley. But then there was one that was more focused on writing, which to get into a college level course when I struggled just basic putting, you know, solid essays together and coherent um, paragraphs, you know. 
that would have been too much. So I kind of, I picked and choose the APs I did, but I did a lot of the ones that were like history and, and, and social science and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's what I, I should have done. One of the writing ones. Cause I could, I could write like nobody's business, but you, sure. know, uh, I, you, you might've been cut off when we were saying it before, but the only one I did take, I did not pass was okay. the uh, U S history AP test. Oh, okay. And my knowledge of history, having spent several years in England during like my middle school years, right. I know a little bit more European history than I do some of the American stuff. And and when I say European history, I mean like Battle of Hastings type stuff, like medieval mm-hmm. European. Right. And I didn't take the AP history class. Um, I took the U.S. history honors class. Okay. So I was close, but there was a whole bunch of stuff on the test we never got to. So that's what I was saying. What Bo and I were talking about when when you got cut off there for a second was, I think that's probably the, one of the biggest reasons I didn't pass the test was just because we hadn't gotten to that material yet in the class I was taking. So yeah, yeah. not that I not that I'm not knowledgeable in history and not that I don't like history because I do, but um, just I at that point in my life I was not strong enough in history to be able to pass that test. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it sounds like, you, you know, if you're being held accountable for something that you weren't taught, I mean, it's like, well, that doesn't make much You know what I'm saying? Right. But I bet I could have written circles around the AP writing one, so I should have probably done that one instead. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, well, I'm sure you could have. And you mentioned, like, the Battle of Hastings in British history. So, essentially, you're you're saying that you could identify, like, the root causes of the War of the Roses and which the families had the grievance with who. But, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's. It's always interesting, you know, when you look at those classes and then, you know, that really begins the debate of, you know, teaching to the test and, uh, you know, do you teach to the test or is the test supposed to be representative of, you know, what you're learning throughout and, you know, I, I don't know. And and again, if you guys discuss this when my phone frizzed out here, please stop me. But Bo, you're in the high school, but the things I've heard is that it's almost getting to the point where maybe some of this AP stuff has kind of gotten a little out of whack. Am I right or wrong with that? Or You know, it's an interesting conversation because at the same time you look at the flip side of it is if you can take two or three AP classes and two or three AP tests, you're halfway through freshman year before you even get to college, which saves a little money somewhere. Yeah. It can be the difference between four years and, and five years for some people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there is definitely a line. I don't know where that line is. Yeah, I you see, and I don't know. And I'm I, the guy with all the opinion. Easy for me to say, but I don't know. It's sometimes it's like at that point, is it like an enrichment class for the kids that are really ready for this, or is it just a cost-effective way of approaching college? And I mean, if it's like if college has gotten so out of whack. And I mean, I remember that was a selling point when I was in high school too. But if it's like college has gotten so out of whack expensive, is this just a Band-Aid fix? Or are we getting to the root cause of trying to make college affordable? For You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. Can, can freshmen take AP classes? They can now. Man. They have a – it's actually a two-year um, – technically, it's a two-year course – you take AP research as a freshman, hmm. and then there's a, basically you learn how to do research. And then there's a capstone class your sophomore year 
where you actually spend the whole year doing the research. The concept is super cool. It's very project-based. It's very, you know, kind of based in the sort of deep research you might do in the real world or even in college. Um, And it's supposed to be a good prep for that huge, you know, history paper that you have to do junior year. Um, So, and there's also a new AP geography course that I think freshmen can take. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, before we wrap everything up, I'm going to ask you guys one last question, not even related to the movie. All right. Um, but uh, so this movie is all about a teacher that inspired their students to um, kind of push themselves to the next level. So I know that we all work in schools. We are teachers. Um, do you have, can you think of one teacher in particular that was the one that kind of either inspired you to do what it is that you're doing today, or you just, you think back and like, if I had to pick one teacher that was um, the most life-changing or inspirational teacher I had, it was that teacher. And this is in high school or? This could be any grade level you were in. Okay. Counting college or no? Uh, We can, yeah, we can count college. We're going to do Animal House next week, but we'll count college. So I'm going to say, hmm. Yeah, I, I I was about to say, but then I needed to narrow down a couple in my head. Um, I'm going to say that I am going to go with... Ah, oh, shoot. See, I thought I had it, and then... I think I'm going to go with my math teacher when I lived in England. Okay. Uh, he was... He was kind of like a giant kid. Like, he was, um, you know... I'm sure he was probably in his thirties, but he wore musical socks and he had crazy ties and he had comic book uh, posters up in his classroom. And um, he was our math teacher and he was the first math teacher I ever remember having where we did more kind of like project based stuff where it wasn't just sitting there working on problems and memorizing things. Um, he was that with the grade level. We did like a stock market project um, and did all kinds of other stuff. And that, I think that probably was one of the first times that, you know, at least once, once you hit like that middle school age, I think that was one of the first teachers that I remember just having a conversation with us as if we were just fellow human beings. It wasn't like an adult to a child kind of a thing. It was, let's just talk about this stuff. Okay. I think that was one of the first times I remember feeling like a teacher was really just there to work with, work through some of this with us. And, and he also happened to be uh, helping to run the play, the school play. And it was a small enough school that I was in that everybody was in the school play. Um, So I think we spent a lot of time around this teacher and he was, he was fun. He was also a little crazy and I'm not sure he taught there for long. I think he got to the point where he ended up having a nervous breakdown and had to leave, but okay. So I would, I would say Mr. K, Mr. K, who was my math teacher in England. Got it. What about you, Bo? Oh, hello. You there, Bo? Oh. Did we lose Bo? We might have. It must, it must be the night of it. Maybe. 
Well, I I can jump in until the return of uh, Bo's Bo's imminent return. Yeah, you go ahead. But uh, I, my answer is God. I'm going to reject the question. No, I um, it, I I don't know. There's so so many teachers kind of inspired you in 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 inspired me in different ways. Well, I know, so, and that's that's the problem. I could pick one for like every grade level, and that was it, exactly. You know. Um, it really could. I'll tell you, um, you know, I had, I had a, a history teacher. Ah, geez, it's just so hard because every teacher kind of, you know, you, you just, and I find as, I find as a teacher now, you really like pick up pieces of the yeah. teachers, you know? And so it's like, well, I was inspired by this, or I was inspired by that, or, you know, how he taught this and how she did this. Um, it really made a difference. And, you know, so I guess, I guess the best thing is, would be is like uh, my college, my trumpet professor in college was really just a, a wonderful mentor. And, you know, he's our jazz professor, but then also my trumpet professor. And it was really just, um, it just very good for trumpet, but also just helped me get my head on straight. Nice. You know what I'm saying? And just being able to get through. And then the, 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 the school that he created, you know, the setup that he created there with the older guys taking care of the younger guys, um, that really made a big difference in my life as well. So, yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say my, my trumpet professor in college. Okay. Cool. So that All would right. be it, man. Well, it looks like we might've lost Bo altogether. So we'll see. We'll see if he comes back. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. And then if he comes back, sure. we can ask him that question and I can just splice it in there. Well, I think that's going to do it for our um, stand and deliver discussion. So if you have, if you want to tell us about, you know, your favorite memory from high school, if you want to tell us about your favorite memory of this movie, whatever you want to tell us, we would be happy to hear it. Um, you can reach us at three zero podcast.com. Uh, we've got a voicemail line. You can call in if you want to. You can email. You can tweet. You can, you can do whatever you want. You can send us a picture on Instagram if you really want to. Um, we are in all those places, so come check us out there. Our next episode, next week, uh, we are going to be jumping a little bit further back in time, and we are going to be taking a look at, it's going to be the 40th anniversary this year for Animal House. So we're going to jump back to 1978 uh, and take a look at Animal House and... Um, I'm going to try to find a way for this to be an episode where it's not just us quoting Animal House the entire time. Yeah, good luck at that. Because I kind of feel like, and that's why I, I'm almost glad that we missed all of the Monty Python movies when we started this podcast. Oh yeah, that would have been. I don't know how you, I don't know how you do a Monty Python movie podcast without just quoting the whole time. No, did yet. No. So, so that's coming Sorry, up next I week. I out there for a little bit, guys. No, that's okay. Did you, real quick, a question that we asked, I don't know if you heard the question or not. Uh, did you have a favorite teacher? I had several, but I think if I had to pick my favorite favorite, it had to be Myron Conkle, my high school electronics teacher. Okay. Um, I had him for three years, maybe four. I think it was four. Can't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, but he's just an amazing man, and I still, once in a while, run into him, and it's just very cool. He was one of those guys who, he was a second career teacher, and mm. he had worked for NASA previously, and he was just a really cool dude. Nice. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I remember him vaguely. I, I never took any classes or, or did anything with him as the teacher, but I, I vaguely remember it. It sounds like he was a lot like your Mr. K, kind of had <laughs> the, a fun approach to education. Yeah, a little crazy, a little fun. Oh, yeah. Crazy was the word, for sure. <laughs> All right. All right. So that's going to do it for Stand and Deliver. Um, as I said, we're back here next week with Animal House. I keep almost saying Animal Farm. That's totally different. Different um, movie. Although this movie did have a cow in it, at least. Uh, and, and some horses. But, you know. Um, so, yes, we'll be back here next time with Animal House. Uh, in the meantime, thank you, Bo, and thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. All right. So be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We will see you back here next time for Animal House. Remember, ganas. <laughs> yes, the Ganas. Do you have the Ganas? I have the Ganas. Good. May the Ganas be with you. And you. <laughs> <laughs>